Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3 Take, presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 344. I'll be your host, Kyle Cord, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Oh, that was a hold on that one. How you doing, man? No good. I had to sneeze. That's why Dude. I felt like I could hold it off by running that note out a little longer. Yeah, I feel that. Sneezing is, is, it just comes with opening day in this time of year. So it's normal. It's a normal thing. Do you ever have someone quickly say bless you when you're like, and then they ruin it mid sneeze and then it goes away. I've never wanted to go on a rampage before, but that could start it for me. I'm not saying I would go on a rampage, but if there's a chainsaw just lying around, watch your legs. Watch your legs. I'm Watch coming. your extremities. Yeah. <laughs> it's never a good place to be. Um, opening weekend in the books. I tell, tell me how you feel about it. I mean, we'll we'll get into it, obviously. Um, but was it just me or did you feel like this opening weekend in comparison to previous opening weekends had a little more I don't know Je buzz? Whatever that is, I don't know either. I just excitement. <laughs> Are we sure that's uh, not like a, a French sexual term or something? Uh, what does that even mean? It's definitely French. I think it just means like flair, doesn't it? Hopefully, we didn't make that weird. We might have made it weird. An Almost. indefinable, elusive quality, especially a pleasing one. Okay, we're good. There you go. Perfect. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Did, did this opening weekend have a little more je ne sais quoi to it than previous? A little bit of it. A little, um, little bit of Italian, a little bit of French here? Um, uh, yeah, dude. It's probably because of the WBC. Everyone's talking noise on it, saying to cancel it, but it's like, no. This got everybody talking about baseball. Whether you agreed or disagreed about the things, everyone is in tune with baseball and a kind of the same logic with the rule changes, right? Whether you agree or disagree, they're here and everyone's, you know, really anxious to see how things play out. So yeah, this was a big opening day weekend. Let's talk more. Let's spend the next 30 to 45 minutes talking about the world baseball classic yeah, and Down. why we think Down. It should be every year. And click. Everyone just ended it. Everyone and just switched. Yeah. Um, any before we get into the specifics of this weekend, did you have any like what are what are some of your knee-jerk reactions? Like what are some of your takeaways from this weekend that are 
absolutely not going to pan out over the course of 162, but they're enough of a it was enough of a storyline to where you're like, this is irrational, but I'm gonna run with this for a little bit. Ooh. Uh the Rangers, probably. Honestly, the Rangers offense. Um putting up just boomstick numbers. Um yeah, I can't imagine that's gonna gonna go year long. I mean, they do have a better lineup for sure, but man, I mean they they put it on the Phillies. So the Rangers offense as a whole is is I think so. I think it's my overreaction. It's um, like my biggest one. Like I think, yeah, Rangers fans are like already buying World Series tickets right now. Tickets? Early. It's real early to pull that trigger. I'm down if you want to get... It's been a minute. I mean, you got to give me credit. I've held off. Feel free. It's time now. I didn't even drop it in our Hot Takes and Predictions episode. No time. Which if there was... That's true. There was was no time. Uh... Which, don't let me forget. Hot Takes and Predictions episode. Got to make a note about that. But before then... Seeky, gets answers to all your ticket needs. You're looking for tickets? Do you have plans of friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before I sell it? With Seeky, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks or make it even better for you if you're a first-time user Seeky. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code 30TAKE. That's our social handle at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. It's all you got to do to save some of that. Code our cash. Enter promo code three zero take. That's our social handle at checkout. You weren't ready for that quick that quick turnaround, huh? Yes. Quick reverse uh, no, card. No, I was not. No, that was, <laughs> that was nice for once. Um, I realized when I was editing our hot takes and predictions episode that, in case you missed it, it's not too late to ke- to to check it out. Uh-oh. Uh oh. We dropped it last Monday. I mentioned. At the beginning, I said, don't let me forget, and you let me forget, that I wanted to pick a favorite one or two takes that we really wanted to get behind. Oh, yeah, yeah, That, like, if the other ones fall by the wayside, it's fine, but, like, these are going to be the ones that, these are going to be the hills that we die on. Yeah. And these are the ones that we're going to ride out, even if they're L's that we have to take come end of season, these are the ones we have to stand by. And I was curious if you had any time with... Uh, to think about that. Especially after this weekend, I'm absolutely keeping my at least three guys having a 30-30 year. Dude. It feels like a lukewarm take now. It doesn't even feel that hot. We need need to talk about some of these rule changes after seeing them. Because that's like, whoa. Um, That's going to get blown out, dude. Eh, maybe not that much. I mean, there's only so many 30 home run guys that can swipe bags. I Rookie of the year is such a hard pick to stand behind because I feel like yeah. nine times out of 10, it's always somebody that just comes up out of nowhere. And that's fair. But I mean, you, you, you're saying that's harder than MVP. It's a harder pick for me to get behind, like to really, yeah. 
plant my feet behind and and say I'm gonna. I'll take that one then. That's fine. I had Anthony Volpe winning AL Rookie of the Year. So hot weekend, hot start. Yeah, I'll die on those two hills. I I think, and we'll get into this too. I'm excited to talk about it. I think I'm gonna the hill I'm gonna die on this year is the Angels. I really do. I think this is the year we finally see them. The thing is that. On that hill, you're gonna be have you're having to fight off a lot of people. You're gonna be oh, I've the, already had to fight people off. Yeah, you're gonna be I've in the comment section year round. So it's 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 a mess up there, but I'm I'm holding I'm holding fast. I'm holding true. I I believe in you. It's a new it's a new me. It's a new me. Um. Okay, so you're riding with with what were your takes again? You said at least three thirty thirty guys this year. And then Volpe winning you know, Rookie of the Year. That's fair. Those are good ones to stand behind. Those aren't bad. Um, do we, do we want to start with the rule rule changes? Because I feel like those those were of great discussion. Yeah, of course. It's just being jammed down our throats in every way possible. So, sure. Well, let me ask you, in the games that you watched this weekend, was there a bunch of, and for the first time in team history, the pitch clock violation, the the base, was there a bunch of that? No, not necessarily. I mean... When I'm when I'm looking through highlights, yes, obviously that's like the the main things you pick out. There, I gotta give honestly. I gotta give. I don't know if other teams have followed this. I wasn't specifically choosing certain broadcasts outside of the Yankees. But like the Yankees don't even show the pitch clock. You don't even see it. It's nowhere on the score bug. It's not in view of the center field camera. Like it's just not there. Um. I kind of like it that way. That's fine. I think maybe it popped up when there's like five seconds or less or seven seconds or less or whatever. Um, yeah, but outside of that, like uh, uh, there wasn't too much in the commentating that bugged me about it. I think the um, I'm, I'm really not a fan of the seven second rule. With the with the batter have to have like eyes on the pitcher at seven I can't seconds. Remember, is it seven or eight? I don't know. Either way, I just I don't like it. The way I see it is that it's like if he's in the box, I, I don't know. I, I I don't feel like there needs to be like a hard stop. You know what I mean? Like if he's in the goes- box and eyes up, like does a pitcher need seven seconds? You know what I mean? That's a long that, time to That to... goes back to what I was saying. It's like if you're going to move forward with these rules, fine. But like Ooh. as you as you transition these guys into a completely different game because we've yeah. talked about it at length, you are fundamentally changing the way the game is played. So if you're yeah. going to do that to these guys, especially guys who've been in the league 10, 12, 15 years, yeah. Allow there to be like a little bit of grace period, like somewhat of a grace period within that window of time. Yeah. It for me, 
the, the games I was watching this weekend, it's just awkward watching these hitters like glued to the pitcher. Yeah. And I know that's what these people who aren't true fans of baseball don't are, are very much on the casual side of things. They're mm-hmm. going, that's the rule. Like that's what the hitter should be doing. No, like it just, it, it looks awkward. I, I understand yeah. they're trying to abide by the rule, but I saw a number of people and transparency. I saw a lot of people talking about, you know, this is my first true experience with the pitch clock watching it play out. And like, I'm a fan. But on the flip side, there was also, as with any issue, it seems like nowadays, the flip side, there was just as many, if not more people being like, this isn't, this isn't it. Like, Mm -hmm. this just isn't the move. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you talk about, I mean, you kind of zoom out a little bit and look at the effect that the pitch clock has on the game so far. I will say. I was going to ask you, is there, is there any of these rule changes that you feel like? okay, I'm accepting this quicker than I thought I would. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is the pitch clock, just in terms of... I feel like I need to choose my words wisely here. The the pitch clock, in terms of the TV viewing experience, mm-hmm. I feel like was improved. Hard to tell, though, because... I'm sitting down to watch the first three games of the season. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be feeling good regardless. Sure. That's the thing. Yeah. So I don't know how much that plays into it, but talking about the things that I was reading on online on social media, there was, I saw a bunch of people that said, Hey, I was at X game Uh this weekend Uh and it just felt incredibly rushed. I can't speak for the, the TV viewing experience. Cause I was at the ballpark all weekend, but from my point of view and it was mo- like, I'm not, I'm not just picking one or two instances. Like I saw a bunch yeah. of this and people were saying it's, it's, it feels rushed. It feels like they're rushing the, the pitchers too much. So from my point of view, I'll, I'll be curious to see how I feel about it once at, I finally get to the game. park. Yeah. But from the TV viewing experience, it, it seemed a little bit better but I can still look at the game for what it is and recognize that whether I'm at the ballpark or on my couch, it still seems a little too rushed. And I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. I don't know if we even brought this up last episode. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised there were, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there were no tweaks made, correct? Nothing yet. Which I don't think so. I also feel like is odd, but I think that I think give it, give it two or three weeks and we may see some slight adjustments, some slight adjustments. I just feel like that's that's such a strange position that you're putting guys in because you're like I said we're already changing the game, and you had multiple weeks of this play it to 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 watch play out over spring training, and then yeah. we're gonna make spring we're gonna well, make changes. I think when I say slight, I mean like real slight. Like instead of seven seconds, for example, it's five seconds that the hitter has to have, has it has his eyes up, right? So I think it's something that small. I don't think it's as big as something of like changing the number of pickoff moves, which to me was way, way bigger of a deal than I initially thought. Like oh, the yeah. limited pickoffs more really... for the pitch clock for you? Like more more so than the yes. pitch clock? Yeah. Yes. The same. I, I watched this that and is, I'm like, this is not gonna fly. Like this, this is not gonna work, dude. Like this because in reality, technically most pitchers probably feel like they only have one. Because if you do both, then you're ultimately very predictable. 
Like that, that runner is going to get a huge jump. I don't love that. Um, also noticed a very big trend with pretty much any hitter that went down 0-2 was calling timeout. They were using their one timeout as a hitter. Um, it seemed like every 0-2 count was like, a, all right, give me a second to breathe and, and you know, kind of regather myself. Um, that one's a factor, but I mean, look there, I don't know if it's like the typical pitchers not being fully ready at this point in the season, but was it just me or the offense like through the roof across the league everywhere runs are being scored. It's usually not that way. It's usually the pitchers have the upper hand. Yeah, exactly. Like pitchers are in their, in their groove typically and hitters are still getting their timing. So I, I think there's a factor of, of the pitch clock, not necessarily affecting velocity. I think it is affecting location. And there is this back of the back of the head thought process of this pitcher where there maybe is a loss of focus on pinpoint accuracy, needing that accuracy, because it is that rushed feeling. So, yeah, man, I think there's just a few a few adjustments that need to be made. But overall, I, I, I really, really don't like the limited pickoffs. The two disengagements. I don't like that. Yeah, that was, I said like right away, because I'm watching, of all series to watch this weekend, I'm watching the series where history quite literally is being made. I I tweeted it out after the game on Saturday. The Orioles became the first team in Major League history, not American League history, Major League history to steal 10, 10 games through their first two games of the season. 10 10, bags? 10 bags. Yeah. In two games. And it got to the point, shout out my little Red Sox uh, group chat uh, that I got on Instagram. I was messaging those guys and I was like, do we... Do we plan on throwing the ball to second at any point this season? Yeah, the number of catchers not even able to make a throw was crazy. It's just, and you see, you see the jumps these guys are getting. Yeah, and and I know, and I apologize because I feel like I keep repeating myself, and people probably just get tired of hearing about it. But I've said before, I'll say it again: the response to all of this for the people that are pro all of these changes is going to be. Well, that's just the game now. Like, that's just the rules. And they're just following the rules. Just because the rule is put into place doesn't mean it's stu- it's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how you can watch the game that we're seeing now with these, these two disengagements for pitchers and watch the jumps that these base runners are getting off first base and the level of ease they're yeah. stealing second base with yeah. and go – Wow! Now this is a really competitive product. It's not. Yeah, it's and I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get all worked up about it because it's to me. It's not worth getting worked up about because it's that obvious. Like it, you. What we saw with the two disengagement things and the planning and the the counteraction that goes into uh, those next pitches that that follow the two disengagements. It's too. It's far too predictable. Yep. It it makes 
it's gonna it's gonna skew numbers it's gonna inflate numbers like off mm-hmm. the charts it already has i that's probably the biggest thing for me of all of the changes that we've see, seen see what if it was like almost like a limited pickoffs per inning like you only have so many in that top half they don't carry over but you only have so many you know what i mean like something to be able to like a mound visit thing where you have the total and you're working your way down. Like the the consequence of you doing it too much is that you're out of them versus every single guy that gets the first, you have this amount. And, and what I see is like the long-term effects, the long-term effects, we already talked about how I think the the automated strike zone is just around the corner. The long-term effects of, I just want a catcher that can hose dudes. That's it. That's all it's going to be. I just want a catcher that can hose. Because framing won't matter. Blocking already doesn't matter. No one cares about blocking anymore. I think it was the... Rockies-Padres game. I don't know. No. No, maybe it was the Yankees The Yankees game, the Giants game. Because they had uh, yesterday's game with uh, Salas behind the plate for the giants and there was one inning where there was like three pass balls slash wild pitches either way like the emphasis of the art of catching is is slowly dwindling and especially if there's no need for framing and it's just going to be automated strike zone all the focus is going to be on trying to get this guy out that's stealing bases so easily so this will change a lot of things if Base running isn't changed. It's too lopsided. Yeah, and and I was joking, but like there's a couple guys for the O's this weekend where I'm like, these guys might go 40-40 this series because they got on bag <laughs> or they got on base and we're just yeah. taking second base. Yeah. And then not to mention, like, both teams are just slugging the crap out of the ball all weekend. So I'm I like, know. numbers are just being inflated through the roof as, as a result yeah. of these things. But, I mean, here's let's. I know we're negative for a while, so let's get positive. couple things that I saw positive that I enjoyed. Hey, hey, to be fair, I, I gave the pitch clock a little bit of credit, you at did. least from a TV point of view. I, I, can, I can agree. It, it is quick. I don't think it bugs you when you're at home, but I definitely seeing it being interesting at the stadium. What's interesting though, and I don't know if you felt this way too, but you can tell after years of watching a game without the pitch clock, how conditioned you are. Cause I, like I said, I to don't know do about you. stuff in between pitches. Yeah. Cause like yeah. I'll be checking my phone and then I'll look up the next pitch has already been thrown and he's yeah. gearing up for the, like the pitch after that. And yeah. I'm like that. Whoops. And I, I, I get it. That's that's why we're trying to do all of this. But yeah. I'm just an objective observation there from this weekend where I was like, wow, like this, even for the fan viewing at home, you kind of got to yeah. be a little more locked in. I definitely but, agreed there. Um, and last thing I'll say on the pitch clock before we get positive, and this isn't even really me being negative. This is just a reality. This is just a, a fact of the situation, is I hope if you haven't gone to games yet, that you're prepared to spend more money for less of a product. Because it's I know we, we've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but these games, uh, I think batting stance guy, the guy we interviewed uh, mm-hmm. a, a while back, he went to the Padres game this weekend. I saw he put a tweet out that said, 
game lasted two hours and four minutes. And so I'm thinking, you're already spending out the wazoo to bring a family of four yep. to the game. And now you're going to be there for an hour less. Yep. And on top of paying out of the wazoo, you're going to be paying more as these owners quickly start to realize that the profits are going yep. through the floor because yep. people that like, they're just not there at the ballpark. For you also this, don't have time home. to go to concessions and you don't have time to go to concessions because yeah. and I, that was another uh, piece of feedback I saw from fans that went to the games. And they, as they said, I just wasn't comfortable leaving to go get concessions because I didn't want to miss. Instead of missing two outs, you're missing an inning and a half. You're instead of two outs, you're missing yeah. two innings. Like yeah. that's just the reality of it. So, and again, that's not me, me, me being negative here. I'm just simply, um, I'm passing along what I've, what I've seen. And it, like yeah. I said, my take on this may, may adjust once I actually go to a game. It may, it may get worse. I don't know. Yeah. Once I get to experience it, but that's just what I've, that's what I've read. Yeah, I'm with you there. Makes a whole lot of sense. Makes a whole lot of sense because, like, when you purchase something that that has that has a time or you know overall event attached to it, it's like, you know, how do you justify going to the movies with with you know your partner? It's like, well, you know, yeah, it's thirty bucks if we get tickets in in a soda, but it's three hours of entertainment, so it's like, you know, that's not that bad. Um when you go golfing and you drop 60 bucks, you're like, all right, well that's four hours. So like, I, I feel like I got my money's worth. This is something that's like, I don't know if you feel that way, but I do. I, the, I think the best point of that was, and, and I know they keep saying their goal isn't to shorten games, but this is, it's, it's obviously a, a result that they knew was going to come. But the argument that I, could understand was that you know the weeknight games how do we get parents and kids to be able to go to weeknight games you know if you're at if you're on the east coast and you have a 710 first pitch can you be home by 10 it's like okay you know what i mean i can i can understand what you're trying to do there but positive stuff um did you notice the amount of studly defensive plays that we saw? The amount of athleticism we saw defensively this weekend? Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Pretty I know cool you're you weren't necessarily a fan of the shift, but you weren't as heavy on banning it as I was. No, and the whole if people if you're new to this podcast, first of all, welcome. Second of all, if you're Still unsure of kind of where I stand with all of these rule changes and just the the game as a whole. It's it's about it's about legislating a game that to me, prior to all of these changes being made, w- was one of the least legislated games. And what I mean by that is that, and we, we we've had this conversation. Not too long. We had this conversation not too long ago where I said, in theory, prior to these changes, baseball could literally go on forever. And I guess technically it still can. But by putting a pitch clock into the game, mm-hmm. you're now putting a pretty, 
I don't want to say I don't want to say you're putting a hard cap on it, but you're putting a pretty reasonable cap mm-hmm. on how long a game can realistically go now. And you take the pitch clock, you take uh, these disengagement rules. There's just too much to think about now. I won't say too much. There's a lot to think it's about. A lot now. to think about. There's a lot more of, complicated to explain. It's become more complicated to explain. There's there's just way more, uh, far more facets of the game now where Major League Baseball has their hand on it as opposed to just letting the game play out the way it was mm-hmm. designed to play out. Um, so getting back to your original point of the shift, yes, or no, I, I wasn't like, a, I wasn't a, a, a shift advocate. I'm not like, they should shift more. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, my whole thing with the shift was, let let guys play, I mean, within reason, like I don't want a left fielder playing six feet behind the first baseman, but yeah. I mean, to my credit, who, when did that ever realistically happen? But let these guys play wherever they want and then let like force the hitter to make an adjustment. And I saw, I saw Adley Rutschman and these people saying, you're going to even like the only people that can realistically make adjustments are these hitters that have been in the league for 10, 15 years. Adley Rutschman literally half swung at a ball and rolled it down the third baseline and legged out a double. How long has Adley Rutschman been in the league? So don't yeah. tell me that these, these that these hitters can't make adjustments. So, again, far too long of a story to your original question, but the whole shift thing, it was cool to see it play out the way it did this weekend with, with some of the plays. But I was going to ask you, I saw a number of instances where it looks like the shift – ban was being kind of pushed to the limit there because I saw guys lined up like directly behind second base. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, is that where the cutoff is? Yeah. I think it's right up the line because like it right looked up the middle. awfully close to the point yeah. where I'm like, does anybody got an eye on this? Because yeah. it looks like we're uh, pushing the envelope here. Yeah. I see. And that, that's fine. Like it, that's fine. If you can at least give like guidelines of what you need to stay around, like that's cool to me. And, and if, if it means, you know, where the shortstop typically plays four feet right of the bag, if we're looking from a catcher's point of view, but he now has to be, you know, directly behind, like whatever, that's fine. I just, the, the argument I was trying to make when I suggested to get rid of the ban last year, and obviously, I have a foot in the door with the commissioner and, you know, all those people definitely refer to me. Um, my, my argument was the fact that like you've, you've now athleticism is no longer incentivized at specific positions. And like, what do you go, what are you watching a game for? Like, I don't want to see routine plays only. I want to see difficult plays. I want to see athleticism shown by a gold glove shortstop. You know what I mean? I That's what we're here to see. We want to see that that's the stuff we remember. That's the stuff that lives on forever. So that's what I was arguing. And if you, and it's the same ideology with the, the automated strike zone, right? If that comes into play, catcher framing is just eliminated. It's gone. It's not needed anymore. So if, if the shift is there, and a shortstop can be placed in the perfect spot every single time, 
why have a super athletic shortstop? Save money. Get a fatter, slower shortstop, and you'll be just fine because your numbers tell you where to put them. But I guess, I guess my my response to that would be, <clears throat> is that even if you can, even if you shift, you're not eliminating those plays. Sure, the frequency is going to be less, but like those those shift alignments are great, but they're not a hundred percent. So you can still have guys in the infield making plays that are playing well beyond the cutout that have to lay out for a ball, get up, make a somewhat of a long throw to get the guy at first. That can still happen. To me, the impact is like here. But the impact of just telling guys that they can't move wherever they want at all, like altogether, whether a positive impact or not, the impact to me is far greater. Mm-hmm. So like I the one thing I would change I don't really understand the point of the the two feet in in the infield thing. I, I I that's fine get rid of that. You know what I mean? Like if you really want that second base out in, in short right field, fine. But yeah, the shortstop can't fill that hole of that he's created because like I just have that line up the middle, two guys on this side, two guys on this side, and that's, that's fine. A- that's something I could get behind. Yeah, like, that's compromise. But that's within reason. I just want to see. I just want to see solid plays, and I want to see those those base runners taking an extra base. You know what I mean? And that's not happening if you constantly have these shifts because you're having you know little squibbers down the third base line. You're having. You know, you're not having those those seeing eye singles that just sneak through. They're just not they're non existent anymore. And so the fact that the banning of the shift has brought those things back, it is exciting. We are seeing more plays at the plate. We are seeing first to third. We are seeing scoring from second more often. So overall, I think they they've accomplished their goal of creating more action. And I can appreciate that. I just think that there needs to be some minor tweaks. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. My last thing on the pitch clock, make it go away after seven innings. Give me the drama that I'm looking for in the eighth and ninth. It's It has to be there. Don't rob the drama. Just eliminate it after seven innings. And we're good. Yeah, I don't remember what the... You'll have to forgive me. I I don't remember what the uh, situation was, but it was, I want to say it was like the eighth inning. And Rafi was up. And I think there was a runner on. And I'm pretty sure it was a, a one-run game. It was. And gets hit with the automatic strike. And it was strike three. Mm-hmm. And so you see Rafi walking back to the dugout. And the only thing in my head that I could hear is, dude, that's, them's the rules. Them's the rules. I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's fine. These are, these are your rules now. But like, was that really, was that, is that what you wanted to see? Yeah. Is that fulfilling for you? Uh, right. Yeah. Because like, the, I'm, I'm, I'm buying MLB TV. I'm buying these tickets to see a Rafael Devers be Rafael Devers. If you're robbing him of that moment, if you're robbing him the chance to succeed, that's what bugs me. And that's a big moment. And they lost by one. 
Am I right? That was the game where they lost by one. So yeah, that is a big moment. The only it thing is I a big deal. Is, I can just laugh. Like I, I don't even get. I'm not gonna get worked up about it anymore. Like it is what it is. There's nothing we could do about it now. We just got to find a way to. I guess get on board with it if we really want to stay fans. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe this is your this is your you know time to to leave baseball. But you got to think that there are some at least decent adjustments coming. Some positive headlines you already mentioned. Uh, Anthony Volpe. That was um, that was cool to watch. I definitely made sure to tune in for that. I mean, it helped that it was the first game of the. The season, mm-hmm. if I recall, that was the yeah them and was a, like a one o'clock game. Yeah, it was another game that they both had the same first pitch, but yeah, yeah. So I was able to tune in for that. Got to see the roll call. Got to see the first few abs. Yeah. What were some of your takeaways from from Volpe making his debut? Um, I I think a huge point was brought up. I don't remember who was on the call with Michael K, but they asked Michael K if there was this kind of buzz behind Jeter. Answer was no. Same situation. Grew up a Yankee fan from Jersey, all that kind of stuff, right? Did all the right stuff. Um, And that was more of a documented thing after Jeter became Jeter. This is, oh, this kid has always wanted to be a Yankee. Now he's just becoming a Yankee and we're getting to see it from the beginning. Um, which is, I, I think it's just, it's really cool. And that, I mean, I always have this soft spot of like kids, kids relating to baseball and like kids seeing, because I was that guy, you were that guy. We watched these guys and we're like, I want to be him. I want to live that dream. And so I have a soft spot because Volpe is leave, living my dream as a kid. I wanted to be Derek Jeter. I wanted to be shortstop of the Yankees. And he's getting to do it. He's doing it in the right way. Um, it was just, it was cool to see the, he is now, it's his thing to kiss the, the Yankee emblem on his jersey during roll call. It's happened, it happened all three games. So like that is his thing. Um, I, I think... The pressure of being in New York is something that's still, you know, kind of up in the air. We'll still wait and see. But it seems like he's the kind of kid that just will outwork the pressure. You know what I mean? Like he'll never be ill prepared. And there are certain athletes out there that may not have the off the charts athleticism, but they will always be prepared. And he seems like he's one of those guys that I will impact this game. In one way or another, if I go over, I will impact this game. And he absolutely created issues on the base paths already. He's already got three swipes in three games. And it's like this weird short lead hop shuffle gone. It's crazy to watch him at first base. It's nuts. Um, Yeah, dude. Exciting. Really, really exciting. I can't even, I can't even lie. As a Yankees fan, I'm stoked. Speaking of uh, Yankee legends, we're talking like all-time goats here uh, for the Bronx I'm Bombers. sarcasm. Joey Gallo? Joey Gallo, <laughs> dude. Can yeah. we just take a look at – can we just take a quick look at, at what is 
building up to be the Joey Gallo revenge tour? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I really am. I mean, not one, but two bombs, four ribbies. I think yeah. he had a double in there, too. Three runs scored. Yeah. And that's just one game. And that took him what? Like took a him quarter like... of a season to get last <laughs> yeah. year? It took six months to get there. Um, yeah, dude. Super, super cool to see. Super cool to see. I actually have like a list of like the new guys, like new faces in new places or whatever. And he's on the list. And yeah, man, that it's funny to me to see him in the box and see that there has been what seems to be no adjustments outside of maybe opening up his front side in the beginning of his It doesn't stance. have to be a mechanical adjustment. Yeah. It's, There's I something think to it's, be said about that mental. And that's my point. I think it's just the mental side of it. Like he, he looked the same in Texas. He looked the same as, as a Yankee. He still looks the same as Minnesota, but it's like that comforting mental space that he's in. Um, good for him, dude. Good for him. That he got, he got a, he got it, he got it rough in New York. He had it really rough, and there were some pretty harsh words said about him. So it's cool to see, and I think like baseball's better when when he's mashing because that dude can put it on the roof. Love it, love to see that. And I saw this morning he got swiped, he got picked up in our fantasy league. Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. I got other names on here. You want to run through them a little bit? Yeah, what do we got? Uh, nice little weekend. Jesse Winker with Milwaukee now. Had four four ribeyes. Um, we all know Milwaukee's just desperate for offense, so maybe he uh, makes a pretty big impact over there. Dansby with Chicago's already 7 for 12. Actually, hold on. Can we pump the brakes here? What do you got? And go back to this uh, Milwaukee thing. I don't. I don't know if you saw this tweet, and I. I I'm guessing you didn't because you didn't uh, reach out to me about it. God, this this is what happens when I don't put my contacts in. I can't read anything. I avoid Twitter. So this is this, this was in response to our hot text episode where we were talking about how the pirates. No, this was actually my point. I won't throw you under the bus how I said you could make the argument and I, I failed to mention the word relative, but when I said the pirate, you could make the arguments that, or you can make the argument that the pirates got better, albeit microscop, like microscopically compared to the brewers. Yeah. And I, I thought it made sense. I'm with you. And I think you agreed just in terms of the, the right direction that they needed to head. Right. The Brewers just kind of got left out. And so shout out Vinny. No ill will here to Vinny. He he reached out and said, hottest take was the Pirates have done more to improve their team than the Brewers. Let's not forget the Brewers traded one prospect to to acquire an all-star catcher with four years of control. Pirates haven't finished 500 in how long? And can't get three thousand fans in a top three park in MLB. Yeah, sorry. That's not the that's not the argument. You're you're you can't you can't say a roster advancement for the Milwaukee Brewers and then just bring up Pirates past and then, that has nothing well, to do with the roster. And then he said to clarify, I love the Brewers and have been disappointed the past two off seasons, but let's just not let's just not say things that obviously aren't true. 
and again, no ill will to, towards Vinny here, but I just wanted to bring this up to to kind of put a bow on on that conversation. And then I said, I responded back and said, outside of Contreras, what have the Brewers done to improve? Also, it was noted that while Pittsburgh was at least making an effort to improve, it was microscopic and improvement nonetheless. And I said, if we're talking moves, let's not forget about trading Hader in the middle of a playoff race. And then again, shout out Vinny. He said, fair points, love the pod. Yeah. Thought that one was reaching. So I said, I mean, to each their own, but. Yeah, no, and uh, that's what I'm saying. Just stay on track. Just stay on track with the argument. It's it's Pirates made these additions. Milwaukee made these additions. Compare addition to addition. Don't compare franchise to franchise or overall success to success. The initial argument was Pirates have done more to help their team than, than the Brewers have. But. Either anyway, way, sorry. maybe Jesse Jesse Winkle, Winker will be uh will be that guy. Get him over the edge. But yeah, Dansby all settled in at uh at Cubby home for for 7 for 12 over the weekend. Not That's bad. pretty solid. Yeah. Um your boy Yoshida, the Red Sox made a little made a little comment on him. I think he had a rough opening day, but the rest of it seemed pretty good, right? He was putting the ball in play, and he was yeah. putting the ball in play hard. So yeah, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, three ribs, four runs. Um, no surprise here. Arias in in Miami is uh, nine for sixteen so far. Picking back up where he left off. Yeah, yeah, that's just how he does it. Kodai Senga, pretty impressive. Uh, the ghost fork de- debut ah, a lot of a lot of stuff on the on the glove i don't know how i feel about it yeah he's got it on the glove it's just taken over i wonder if it's way way cooler in like if they say it in japanese cuz ghost fork doesn't sound very cool to me are you going to find a pronunciation and just i don't even know why I'm, it? why am i looking this up because i can't i can't speak japanese so i believe in you Maybe hit the the Google. No, like I quite I quite literally can't like interpret it because doesn't Japanese yeah. have the letter like the uh, the symbols? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Can't you hit like the boop the little Google machine and just hit boop? Ah, true. And true, true, she'll true. say it out loud. All right, I'll come come back to me on that. All right, cool. But yeah, five and a third, three hits, eight Ks for Senga. Um, I'm still just. I'm sure he's still just working on getting ramped up, but still a good outing. Um, Noah Syndergaard uh, reportedly took a much smaller deal than what was on the table just to to go to the Dodgers. Went six innings, one and run, six Ks. And then my last name on here is pretty obvious, but Xander is six for 14 with the Padres so far. Two boom booms and five ribs. You didn't need to tell me that. I already knew. Sorry. <laughs> maybe the people didn't all right here's here's ghost fork in japanese hit it hit me, hit me one more time on that I, I have mixed emotions i don't know how i feel about it It sounds like she's just saying ghost fork in, in a Japanese accent. One more for good measure. Maybe some extra syllables in there. It's uh, I mean it's sure. That's cool. Whatever, do your thing, bro. I'm the I hey look, that's my NL rookie of the year. 
So I'm all for it. Let's yeah, go you Ghost don't have Fork. a choice but to be behind, behind yeah. the movement. Let's go Ghost Fork. But yeah, just some, uh, obviously there's other names out there that, you know, probably missing, but some of the names I noticed that already impacting the new club. I'll tell you about a name that we haven't talked about yet. Anthony oh. Rendon. Wants the smoke. Wants every last bit of yes. the smoke. I like and it. And don't even come at me with the whole, oh, classic swinging. Actually, no, we need to put this this clown on blast dude i this guy just thinking he's so much better than the Are rest you, of the entire what no, no no keep going so this idiot should i give context real quick for those who didn't see following an a's game uh if you didn't if you weren't aware because the coliseum is a dump the the away team has to walk out of the dugout to like behind the first two rows, but in front of that next it's section, it's where it's where Brad Pitt stands in Moneyball yeah. when he comes out of the tunnel. It's, it's like that same little route that they have they to d- take. They don't have the direct access, so they're like very much walking in front of that first few row of fans, and there was a little bit of an altercation. Yeah, and so this guy, I don't even remember what he said, and I. I won't repeat it, but basically this guy was like cussing uh, Rendon out. And then Rendon I think he called I, him a female dog. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think he called That's what it was. Yeah, Kimmer yeah. called him a female dog. And then Rendon, I guess, I, I think they lost that game. So probably like not feeling 100%. Comes over and confronted the guy and called him out and was like, you're going to call me like, that, is that what you're going to call me now? And the guy, yeah. of course, as they always do, like, no, dude, I didn't Super say- backpedaling. Uh, just totally walking it back. And then R- Rendon takes a swing at the guy, but the, the buddy that the guy that said it was with pulled him back. And so Rendon missed him by just a couple inches. Yeah. And all these people were saying, oh, surprising. Rendon starts the year with yeah, a swing and Rend- a miss. Rendon grabbed him by his his crummy little Oakland A jersey by the collar. And he That's had what him, I'm dude. saying. And then there's this idiot. What's this guy's name? I can't read it. Damon Amandalara. Amandalara. I don't even care. Qu- quote tweets the video, the clip, and says, Anthony Rendon is the toughest guy ever to miss 330 games over the last three years. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the bait of these other clowns, but yeah. this guy. This guy apparently works for CBS. And I'm like, be better. So I said, I said, yeah, let's condone talking to professional athletes however we want if they get injured or suck because they're on the other side of a net. Right on, Damon. Didn't hear back <laughs> from him because the guy's a freaking idiot. But I'm like, what what world do we live in where fans and yeah. it's different? I I will I will clarify. It's different if you're up in the nosebleeds and I we're at Yankee Stadium and I'm yelling down calling Judge a bum. Completely different. But if you're quite literally you're field seeking level confrontation if you're, you're that close field because level, they can hear you. Yes. And then he calls you out and then you're gonna walk it back. No, yeah. you're a no, you're a clown. Yeah. You're an absolute clown. 
So the fact that he swung and missed, like whatever. The fact that he took a sw- swing in the first place, I was impressed. I was like, I liked it, bro. Like this is this is opening weekend. Like let's not try to get suspended. I didn't right know away. Rendon was built like that. I don't know either. But I've that's what I said. I've a lot of noise on him in the last few years. So. And that's what I said. It got brought up in our fantasy group text, <laughs> and I said. We got we got a little fire now under the belly of Anthony Rendon. We already yeah. we already talked about Trout. We already talked about Shohei with the WBC. This of all the people to be in that situation, yeah. I'm kind of glad it was Rendon because that True. was the guy on the fence where I was like, you know, I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure if you're still here. You're still not sure if you're in? still here. You could be an X factor if if everything kind of yeah. shapes out the way it's supposed to. And the yeah. fact that he was a guy in that situation further confirmed that I'm absolutely on board with my Angels pick. Yeah. There's a couple issues I have with the Angels, but I will agree with you. Rendon, just, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the frustration is probably boiling over at this point. Um, just with, you know, the, it's the the whole narrative of the same old, same old Angels, especially after that that game one, you know, showcase of of Otani and then still losing and first since 1775 or whatever so um yeah I mean in the next two games they they you know put a slacking on them a little bit so I'm cool with that uh, I'm I'm cool with the angels just getting a little fire under them getting a little mean um here are my two issues though number one this is a serious issue what do you got I don't understand the the thought of playing 162 rotating between Gio Urshela and David Fletcher at short. I think the Angels need to seriously consider making a move for a full-time shortstop. The rotation of those two guys, David Fletcher can hold his own. Gio can definitely hold his own, but we're not talking shortstop range or well, arm. Well, did they, and I don't know if this factored into that that note that you made, but I, I saw that Rendon had that collision down the, down the line with the tarp and that as a precaution, they sat him out yesterday for Sunday's game. But then I also read that that was a planned off day for him anyway. So which in my head, I'm going, why are we having planned off days? The third game of the season. Yeah. I think there are, I saw that there's a lot of managers still trying. They're like in spring training mode with that. But I'm just all that to say, I don't know if that played into it at all with Geo playing third and Fletcher playing short because I saw that was the alignment they went with. Yesterday. I don't know, but game one opening day, Gio Urshela was that was that uh, was that short. Oh, okay. And then game two, yeah, same thing. Gio at, sh- at short slid over to third when that Rendon thing happened, and then game three. Yeah, you had uh, you had David Fletcher at short. So I just I don't know. I I'm not doubting them in any way. It's just I, they're not everyday shortstops. They've never been everyday shortstops. So I don't think that's a long term thing. My other issue, and this is less serious, but still needs to be addressed. I, am I missing something that the home run celebration wicker bucket hat? It's a Golden State Warriors hat. What is that about? For the Angels? Uh-huh. 
I saw it. I wasn't a fan of it. Why is it the Golden State Warriors? You couldn't get an Angels hat? You're wasn't saying the like celebration it, it doesn't have year? the logo on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it does. Otani hits his home run after that back-to-back Trout and Otani one. He gets into the dugout. The hat is backwards. No logo on the front. On the back, you see a Golden State Warriors. And then underneath the bill has all the coloring on the inside of Golden State Warriors. What are we doing? Is that a thing? Am I missing something? Angels fans, please let me know if that has been a thing and there's like an inside story about it. But they can't get an Angels one. Yeah, the the war. Oh yeah, sure is a Warriors hat. Yeah. What is that about? I know. They're and it's the like Giants oh, they're, anyway. They're throwing it right, exactly, and they're throwing it backwards to almost like hide it. Not a fan. That needs to be fixed immediately. That's got to be some inside thing, dude. It. it I don't know. Be. It has to be. Maybe Angels fans can let us know, but that that needs to change. Otherwise, the Angels will continue to Angel. I'm yeah, I just see so many people asking the same question on Twitter. Like, what is this about? Yeah. Why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Odd. I need an answer. Yeah, that we're going to need an answer on that real quick. Um, Looking at... Just the overall weekend, uh, we had the Braves taking the series from the Nats, Yankees taking the series from the Giants, Sox over the O's, uh, Brewers over the Cubs, Rays sweeping the Tigers, the Rangers sweeping the Phillies, dude. That I'm not going to overreact it over one series, but Phillies line, Phillies lineup scares me a little bit, but not having enough depth. I mean, nothing against these guys, but if like Josh Harrison and Jake Cave are playing every day, I mean, Jake Cave, our guy, I know former, he's our guy, former I'm, interviewee, almost had a bop. He I'm, and uh, I'm here for who it. was it? Who was it out in center? Brought it back. I'm here for it. Uh, that's cool, but I get it. There's long not term, a, not long a ton term. of depth. Missing Harper, missing Reese Hoskins. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they had the update. I think it was Rob Thompson last night had uh, Philly Rob had the update that Harper will possibly be back sooner than a lot of people are thinking. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be a big boost for the old fightings. Uh, Rays or the Reds take the series over the Pirates. Uh, the Hunter Green topping out, matching the one hundred five point four. Gross. And you know what's crazy about that? Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. Andrew McCutcheon has now been on the receiving I end. I saw that for both what of those. Is, what are the odds, dude? So weird. And both as like a pirate, too. As a pirate against the Reds. Just yeah. crazy. Because you had Chapman hit 105.4. Was it I four? Was, I think it was tied. Yeah, same same speed. I Was it? I, I thought it was like slight. I thought Chapman had green by just a little bit. But I might be wrong. You might be right. I don't know. Anyway, anyway that, strange. Baseball's weird. It's a weird... Weird sport, man. Um, Padres, Rockies, split. Yeah. Do they play? Do they play four this weekend? Mm-hmm. Split. That's yeah. the other weird thing. Can somebody please explain to me why we have Friday off? My least I get favorite whole, day of the year. I get the whole built-in like rainout days and all that, but th- 
the day after opening day. Why even have it on a Thursday? Right. Have it on a Make Friday. It on Friday. Yeah. I would argue, and I'm I'm no MLB executive here. I would argue that the game or the games on opening day would be that much more electric if they're on a Friday because everybody's in a better mood. Bingo. That's just a simple reality of weird human existence. Crazy. I don't. I, like, I don't know. Who cares if opening day gets rained out? Because you have the rest of the year to figure it out. It doesn't have to immediately be the next day. So just put it on a Friday. Chances are you'll be fine. I hate it. Uh, Cardinals take the series from the Jays. Twins sweep the Royals. I do want to mention something about the Jays, though. That offense seems like it won't go down without some punches. Yeah. Like even even those L's, it was like they they're in contention. They're very much in the conversation of being able to flip that script in the game. Um, yeah, their offense is not a joke. Not a joke. But Cardinals, bro, Donovan, Gorman, pop off. Dude, Gorman might be a guy. Whoa. Again, not to overreact here. Arizona but... kid. Really? Okay. Yeah, teammates with uh um Libitor. Matthew Libitor had the lefty prospect nice. off the off the mound. I think he's with nice. the, somewhere else now. But they were together with the Cardinals. But yeah, dude, Gorman looks real. Yeah, he had a he had a nice few trips to the plate. Um Twins sweep the Royals. Mets take the series from the Marlins. Shout out to the White Sox, dude. Going into Houston and uh-huh. splitting with the the defending champions. Dylan C's a- looked Cy Young back on track already. I follow a, a strange amount of White Sox accounts on Twitter for some reason. I don't know how it got that way, but yeah. it just it just happened. And a lot of like the the overall consensus of that series this weekend was you go in, you get a split without any major injuries. It's basically a series win for mm-hmm. for White Sox fans. Like they're that's how they're viewing it. So yeah. I'm gonna view it that way too because and it makes that, sense. That Oscar Colas kid, I picked him up in fantasy. He they're saying a lot of good stuff about him and, and being an everyday right fielder. So that's interesting there. Um and then I said this in the group chat. No one responded to it, but like Roger Clemens sounded really good in the booth in in that opening day game it was the it was the thursday night game on espn i think he was with carl ravich and eduardo perez and i was like he sounded good dude something to keep an eye on i like that uh angels take the series my los angeles angels of anaheim california la take the series against the oakland a's as everyone expected d-backs and dodgers split uh, D-backs guard- are a lot tougher than people think. I'll, yes. I'll die on that hill too. I don't. I don't have them in the in a playoff no, spot. Neither of us did, but we're on we're on the same page there. They'll be, be a good team. They're gonna be pesky. Uh, not no. You know what? I don't even want that. That's doing them a disservice. They're not gonna be like pesky. They're they're gonna be a gonna better be team. Like yeah. yes, I always go as far as say they will be a good team. I they'll be the tough thing is that they're competing with at least one team out of the NL East. At least. You know what I mean? So it's like when you have Phillies and Mets in the conversation, 
you have Padres and Dodgers at the top of your own division. It's like it's hard to put them in the in the postseason, but they are going to be a good ball club. They have a stupid amount of excitement with with Corbin Carroll, a lot of athleticism. Christian Walker, I think, is going to settle into his own and and just become like a household name for for Bops. So, yeah, dude, and you have your NL Cy Young winner on that. Yeah, not the greatest uh, 2023 like debut, but it's all right. It's a little out of the box, but I'm cool with it. Yeah, he just didn't have the greatest day at the, at the old ball, yeah. ball yard, but it's all yeah. right. Uh, and the Guardians take the series from the Mariners. So, all in all, opening weekend in the books, I think this is going to be a good year, man. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think there's, there's going to be a lot of surprise a lot of surprise, and I I like these bubble teams starting to become very real. Guardians are very real. You know what I mean? Can the Texas Rangers get over that hump and be in contention? Can the Angels flip the script from prior years? Like You have these teams that are maybe been on the fence the last couple of years. Can they break through and, and at least be competitive against these very top-heavy teams? So good year and great weather year uh, all weekend around pretty much the whole league. Do you notice that? So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Not really any snow. We had snow last year on opening day. Didn't have that. I'm a fan. Good weather, blue skies, baseball. Cool with it. Love it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we missed missed some things but i think that's all i really got unless you had anything else nah back to twice a week though so back to twice we won't a be week. missing much that is true we will see you guys thursday mm-hmm. so buckle up lock in lock in for more nate lock in for more kyle lock in for more no you know what i'm gonna choose to be positive I learned this weekend. Last thing I'll say here. Dude, I was not in a good place. I was not in a good place on on opening day. Like, it's been a tradition for me for years now. Even if I don't have anywhere to go, I'll just go riding around. I'll roll the windows down and I'll blast Tessie like on repeat for like the whole ride. And I didn't do that this opening day because I just... it was so hard for me to get like to get myself in a state of mind where I was like, I I can get behind this team. Yeah. And and not to belabor this point, but I'll just remind people in case they're unfamiliar with where I'm at. I love the Red Sox. Always, always will love the Red Sox. What I can't love right now is an ownership group that is trying to convince it's fan base that like, this is an acceptable product. Like we shouldn't have had to go like, we shouldn't have had to fight tooth and nail against the Orioles opening series. And I'm glad we won the series and all that, but like (laughs) we're the Boston Red Sox. Like we should be steamrolling the Orioles and we have the money to do so. But like people are drinking the Kool-Aid being like, no, this is a competitive team. Whatever. I love how this is the, how the episode is. (laughs) Well, I meant to open up with it because I wanted to get myself a little fired up, but it had to wait. And oh, so, it, it, no, realistic, like, seriously, it got me thinking about, like, other fan bases. And I don't want to make this just a, a Red Sox thing. 
But it it really had me sympathizing a little bit with some of these other fan bases where to it's not like, be excited about opening day. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, how depressing is that? Yeah. And how much respect I gained for those fans, even more than than already existed. But I'm like, you have to like get the juices flowing somehow, some way for opening day, knowing that your team, that your ownership group, that your front office is not doing everything that they can to put your team in a position to be better than they yeah. are. Whether it's laziness, lack, uh, <laughs> an unwillingness to spend, whatever it may be. Again, don't want to make this a Red Sox thing. Just wanted to bring it home with the point of those fan bases out there that feel like their owners aren't looking out for them. Yeah. I, re- I respect you guys. And, and I got a lot of love and appreciation for you guys because that's that. I didn't like where I was. That's the first time I've been there in uh. a long, long time. And I did not like being there. And I had to convince myself. I said, you know what? I can't actively root for these guys to lose. So I'm just going to have to get behind it, suck it up and yeah. just hope and just hope that winning will breed that mentality once again of, you know what? Enough playing games, enough trying to get by with the bare minimum. Let's actually try to make this team better and sign the guys such as a Xander Pogarts when we have the opportunity to. So again, all I have to say, I'm done. I'm out of here. Those those mid-market teams that struggle. Yeah, I don't know. Those, Honestly, those I don't know what's worse to to have extremely low expectations and be disappointed or to have false hope. I don't know what's worse. So <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I have a foot in both camps. So I get it. And I definitely understand. There's like this false hope with some of those teams that should be getting rings by now, but still haven't. So yeah, I think there's an equal amount of frustration. It's just being compartmentalized in a different area. Yeah. And like if you need if you need somebody to talk to, just hit us up. Hit us yeah, up. Yeah, we gotcha. We'll we'll get through this together. Us us mid market teams and yeah, plug and, and lower. plug the voicemail. If you're pissed about your if you're pissed about your team and you're not excited about opening day weekend and you feel like you're in the minority, hit our voicemail up. We'll yeah. play it. Voicemail number is in the IG bio. I think it's in the Twitter bio, but it's in the IG bio. Uh, just really at any point throughout the year, just call us. Venture frustrations, venture venture celebrations. Like it, you know, like if there's some things we're celebrating, hit us up because it's yeah. a long year, as a we very well year. know. It's a long year, and there's gonna be ups, there's gonna be downs. But like I said, I had to really take stock this weekend, and I decided yesterday albeit it was after a win, I decided I'm not going to let this team have me depressed for the next six, seven go. months. There you go. Regardless what John Henry and company is doing up in the ownership suites, I'm not going to let them ruin my, uh, they're not going to ruin my 2023. So that's where I'm at. And that's what I'll close with. Oh, it's going to be a good year, folks. Come here, hang out with us. And be a part of the ride. Don't go chasing curveballs. Love you all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.